0: Here are your hosts, Chase Palm And broadcast school has really paid off. Andy. And Neil McCrady. I deserve to be on TV.
1: Welcome in to this Monday edition of the Oxford Exxon podcast. Chase Palm, Neil McCrady. He's in the Clark Ford studio this morning. The football season is over. College has been over. NFL now over. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the San Francisco 49ers 25-22 last night. In overtime to win the Super Bowl there in Las Vegas. We'll hit a few reactions from that. Mostly today we're going to look at some uh, SEC over-unders because it's the season, and that's what we do is we continually discuss the upcoming season ad nauseum over and over and over every day, but everybody likes gambling, everybody likes win totals, we'll hit some of those. Now that uh, the first lines are out for that, we look at the SEC in basketball over the weekend. You had a couple big home upsets: Texas A&M routing Tennessee, Florida knocking off Auburn there in their respective arenas, and then some uh, some not good road teams winning their road games as well. Home missing and Kentucky tomorrow night. After the Rebels have had a week off, Kentucky lost to Gonzaga on Saturday. They have lost three in a row at Rupp for the first time in program history, which says a lot in a lot of different directions there for John Calipari and his club. So all that and more coming up on today's show, the Oxford Exxon, Oxford Exxon, Highway 6 West, Beer Cave, hope you took advantage of the party wing deals that we gave you last week for that Super Bowl last night. They've got uh, locations up and down I-55, any Blue Sky you see that is affiliated with Blue Sky and the Oxford Exxon, their superstore going up in Macomb, I see the subway is ready to go almost down there, and Macomb as well, so a lot of options for you no matter where you are inside the state of Mississippi. And again, Nils in the Clark Ford studio.
2: I am Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi, 257 1900 is the number. Call it ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get your quote and uh, the rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do. And that's hop into a Clark Ford today. Uh, people at Clark Ford want to be your car guy. They want to be your truck guy, and they'll prove to you what that means when you make the call. 662-257-1900. Guests will join on the Campbell Clinic hotline. The Campbell Clinic is in Oxford now, 2608 South Lamar Boulevard, Suite 102, just across the street. From the cottages at Hooper Hollow, the Campbell Clinic provides full-service orthopedic care, everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care, pediatric orthopedics, physical therapy, and more. To book an appointment, go to CampbellClinicOxford.com or call 901-759-3111. Wilkins, always welcome at the Campbell Clinic, Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. until 4 p.m.
1: How much of the uh, spectacle last night did you take in, Mr. McCready? Um,
2: I mean, I watched it. I wasn't, like, glued to it. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't locked in. Um...
1: Did you cook anything?
2: I helped Laura cook some things.
1: Okay.
2: Um, we didn't, it was rain. It was messy outside. Yeah. And I wasn't, I didn't need to go out and slip or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've done, after Friday night, I've done enough potential damage to the repair. So I, I need to be careful. Um, no, we, 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 I watched it. I mean, I, 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 I my, Laura went to, bed at halftime she was tired of it and and then um Carson was upstairs and he had had soccer practice and he came down to watch part of it and he said it was boring and 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 and, and times it kind of was and then I think he just did not want the Chiefs to win and when the thing went to overtime and the Chiefs won he was like hey, this is stupid he went upstairs and I kind of agreed I turned it off I didn't
1: I didn't watch any of the postgame you know, we we talked about it so much, including mostly with Jeffrey on Thursday, and I yeah, there was no you had a couple different heels. I like the way Jeffrey put that. There was so many different things to this. I thought that if you didn't have a sort of reaction to a team, and like I mean, most of the country didn't want the Chiefs to win. I mean, and that was a I mean, outside of Swifties, that was a, a pretty obvious thing, but. I thought that the entire game night, everything went incredibly well. Like, I almost kind of caught myself going, I hate I have a – I mean, emotional is too strong. But in my head, a mental thing of what I would like to happen. Because I think if you were just literally watching this in front of you without that predisposed nature, I thought everything went well last night. I mean, it was. It was a well-played game. Um was so a it's the game, perf- obviously. It's the,
2: it's the perfect venue. Like, Great venue. Should- yeah. They should think about just playing the damn thing there most of the time. I've I, been to that stadium. I, 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 I'm not a gambler, but I love Vegas. And I've been to that stadium, and that stadium is absolutely perfect. Everybody can walk from the hotels to the stadium. You know what weather you're going to get for the, all the events and stuff. And it's it was a perfect venue. I mean, it looked great on TV. It was perfect. It's it just made a ton of sense to put the – and I saw people say, well, Vegas is overshadowing the Super Bowl. And I was like, well, Vegas overshadows everything. But no, not really. I mean, it was just kind of perfect. I, I thought, again, I, I don't care much about either team. So I didn't care who won. And when you don't care who wins a game, the game's different. You know, you're just watching. Um, but no, I agree with you. It was it was, it was entertaining. It was, it was pretty well played, all that stuff. And I don't even I don't even mind the Swift stuff like whatever she's there and they're going to show stars and it's become a big storyline and, and people have now played that storyline up to the point of you almost I didn't have
1: think to- they did a bad job of it last night honestly I felt like everybody was already predetermined with whatever they thought to say it was either too much or not enough going in and they didn't grade the actual way they produced it I, I thought it was produced fine yeah. from a from a Swift standpoint last night I and mean, like it, it says here um and i'm kind of reading to the stream and you know grind says yesterday was 100 percent the reason why i like a college wall over nfl it felt rigged it I, there was nothing about the night that felt rigged it felt like you were thinking it was going to be rigged if the best team and the best quarterback won a game well they were the best quarterback won a game i mean i, I the 49ers squandered a ton of opportunities yesterday they got a lot of injuries um you know Greenlaw getting hurt with the achilles they had guys going out i mean the hold there on that last drive. Kittle was out of the game because he had a shoulder injury. There was so many things that were going against that I felt like the bigger picture of the Chiefs and how they've become such a worldwide sort of sensation and entity mask what was actually to me the really human element of Kyle Shanahan trying to get over the hump and mess with, messing with his demons last night and losing this lead and ha- not having the ability to put it away and then the overtime decision and what to do and not scoring and, and leaving the generational quarterback or maybe the second best over you know playoff quarterback in history now already to have a chance to win a game. I thought there were so many cool things that got overshadowed by the things we were already predisposed to. Does that make sense? Yeah. the
2: The most interesting thing last night was after the game, from what I've read this morning, the Chiefs knew the Super Bowl overtime rules. They had talked about it a lot. The 49ers did not know the Super Bowl overtime rules.
1: Am I crazy, though, for thinking he made the right call? Because if you both do the same thing, you get the ball and can go win.
2: Yeah, no, he he did the right thing.
1: I actually think Shanahan made the right call there. I I think getting the ball
2: first is correct. Do what? Oh, oh, yeah. No, no, no. I
1: mean actually taking the ball first. Am I, am, am I crazy? Because if you both kick a field goal or both score a touchdown, you get no, the I'll, chance to get the ball back and score.
2: I want the ball second. Why? Because if they score a touchdown, Kansas City, number one, now I get to call every, every play I call is on four-down territory. Sure. I'm not sure. even having to think about kicking. It, I, it affects my, my plan. I have the ability to go for two and win the game on one play. That's my play. Sure. Um yeah, and then I run the risk of sure. If they score a touchdown, I score a touchdown, they get the ball back and score, we lose. But if they if I hold them to a field goal, now I have two ways to keep the game going. Uh no, I I think there were a lot of people that were really surprised. And and the reason it turns out that the the uh, Niners took the ball first is because the regular overtime rules you know it makes sense to take the ball first because if you take the ball and score a touchdown you win the game and so i think that's what they were thinking i will I say that i will say they should take these rules these overtime rules should be the regular season overtime rules and these overtime rules should be the college football overtime rules they're great that was that is the way to handle overtime kudos to I, figure that out
1: and i guess if shanahan was already decided i'm going to go for two when i score if i took the ball second Otherwise, though, I just don't like I have to stop Patrick Mahomes to win the game. If I yeah. take it first, I can score, not have to stop him and still have a chance to win with a field goal the second time. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It that's does. where my head would have gone with that. I don't know. I, I, I've i caught myself as I've gotten older. No matter what I really think about the team or the guy, I, I, I feel awful for these missed opportunity people like Kyle Shanahan right now. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where my head goes Every single time. And I've, I've told this. I mean, obviously it was better in a thousand different ways. And, I mean, I cared about people on that roster for old Mr. Wim. But, you know, I sat there and was kind of felt bad for Dave Van Horn for a minute that day in 2022 as he's up on the podium going, shit, you're just so close, and that sucks. And that's kind of where I was for Kyle Shanahan last night. I caught myself – it wasn't even rooting against the Chiefs. I found myself literally pulling for Kyle Shanahan, which was an odd sensation I wasn't expecting. I caught
2: myself rooting for Brock Purdy. Um, I think he's a great story. The more I read about him, the more I think he's a really great story. He should be kind of a role model for a lot of kids. Sure. Um, I, I like Christian McCaffrey. Um, you know, I like I like the Niners team. I was – you know, you're sick for, for Greenlaw in that, in that spot where a guy's worked his ass off to get to that place and you blow your Achilles just taking the field. I mean, that sucks. I, I, as I get older, injuries impact me more than – other stuff because i think you realize people have a window the window is not as never as big as you think it is and stuff like that is just brutal uh the kid that came in behind him i thought played pretty well i mean it was look it was when the game goes to overtime like that you can point to 10 plays here and 10 plays there and you can talk about an extra point that got blocked and and who knows how the game would have been different that there would have been a butterfly effect on that had he made it. The game would have been managed differently by the chiefs. So who knows?
1: They easily He's, could have just won in regulation right there because they, stopping them two more plays would have been very complicated inside the 10.
2: Yeah. So I mean when people do though they missed they lost the game on the extra point. No, it's like no,
1: no, no. It doesn't work like that. But,
2: but you know. Look, the game is is t- You know me. I think today should be an American holiday. Um we should be. This should be National Hangover Day. Just call it what it is. Um, but it was. Look, it was. It was entertaining. That's the goal of it. The goal of it is to be entertaining. They play it at five thirty. That should be a lesson for everybody out there. By the way, in other sports, you should play your big games at an hour where people can watch. Not eight fifteen Eastern Time. That's stupid. Um, but you know, look, it's 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 an American spectacle, and we all like it. And all the celebrities go, and we see it, and there's the halftime show and all that stuff that that we do, and the game has gotten to where, like when I was a kid, it was a blowout all the time, and the game has gotten where it's almost typically entertaining all the way to the end, and this one certainly was.
1: Yeah, I saw this morning the stat from the uh, UKG Workforce Institute. 14% of all U.S. employees will miss uh, at least some work today. 14%.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Again, you you could just make today National Hangover Day. <laughs> call it what it is, and and I think everybody, most people, would sign off on it. I mean we we take we take days off for other th- kinds of things. Why not just call this one? Yeah. What it is? Just make it a federal holiday.
1: I mean, look, it, would anybody really be upset to trade this for Presidents Day? I mean, come on. No, like, of course not. Just trade it. It's fine. Yeah. We'll I mean, we'll, we'll we'll work that day.
2: I mean, it is a unique American day. I mean, it's what we do. We, everybody everybody kind of watches the Super It's The reason I, I didn't have it, like, I saw some people saying, quit showing Taylor Swift so much. I'm like, I don't know. A third of the audience, that's what they want to see. They'd, like, they'd rather you just put a camera on her and go from there. So it, that's cool. It, it's, it's not just a football game.
1: It's, no you football fans, I get it's your Super Bowl. I mean, for lack of any other thing to call it, but at the end of the day, you are also handing it to the general consciousness of of, of pop culture at that point. It's so, it's an
2: Americana day. I yeah, mean, you yeah. know, the the NFC and the the for the NFL purist, your day and the day that maybe they shouldn't do a bunch of the sideshow stuff is the divisional playoffs. When you got eight teams and four big games and it all feels mm-hmm. big and it's all football, football, football. Okay, cool. I get, I get it. Don't don't make a sideshow out of the people in the stands. Make it about the game. But once you get to the Super Bowl and all the six hours of pregame and all the different stuff and the Puppy Bowl and the Nickelodeon Bowl and all the different things that are going on at the same time, the, 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 there's there's going to be a sideshow effect to it. And, again, what? I'm with you. I, I I thought they handled it. I thought, I thought CBS handled it fine. I thought Tony Romo was good yesterday. I don't know why everybody – everybody's has decided that he sucks, and so, by God, he's going to suck. I actually thought he was fine. I don't know why it's a big deal that he says Jim's name. Jim Nance's name, Jim. He says his name. Nobody gets upset when Jim Nance says Tony. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. is the – stupid. We do some stupid stuff complaining.
1: He like, he became but- so popular, we decided – And look, I mean, he, ha- he is worse than he used to be. And he has competition now because Greg Olson is great. Um, yeah. But, but yes, we, we have not. decided he was good and now we have to go. Nope, he's absolutely awful. There's nothing in the middle. You're yes. 100 or you're a zero. That's 100.
2: Right. And he's not 100, but he's not a zero either. He, no. he does better than a whole lot of people would do in that role. And he's, he's entertaining. And, he, and, and look, he tells you what's coming half the time. I mean, he's, he's pretty good at it. So we just, we just criticize for the sake of criticizing.
1: I think I'm probably finishing in last place in Pick, so I'm not touting anything. But I do wish I'd kind of jumped after a couple of the props yesterday that I read from Tuesday. A couple of the bigger ones hit. McCaffrey scoring the first touchdown, 49ers leading at the break but losing the game because you knew the Chiefs were going to come back. I, I really like that one because you got really good odds on that. It was like plus 450 or something the other day. I was like, mm, that feels, oh, feels kind of whatever. Yeah. Uh, no, Usher was fine. Uh, halftime show, nothing was wrong with it. They brought other people in. Uh Congrats to Jackson State. Thought their band participating was cool. A, a, a deal last night that they were the band uh, that was selected to do the the, the the that portion of the halftime show. Um, first ever a halftime show that was done on the field, not a stage. I saw that last night, that they actually used the field for it. Um, I, look, the halftime show is in that right thing for me because I think, frankly, it should be geared toward people in their 30s and early 40s. I think that is the demographic you can catch with the halftime show that you wouldn't necessarily catch with the Super Bowl and makes the most sense. I think almost every Super Bowl halftime show, unless you could get a huge act in their prime still, I think that's the way to do it. I think we saw that with the L.A. show a couple years ago. I think you saw that with so many different ones I mean, where you go, hey, if you're not getting one of these top three or four people, just cater that thing to that group in between 33 and 42 and let it ride. And you'll well, another- get plenty of stuff.
2: that's you're trying to get as big an audience as possible. And so you go get the meat of the audience and try to get, you're never, that thing is never going to please everyone. That's impossible. Literally. It's just not. possible.
1: And and what you feel about it depends on your age and when you grew up and whether it creates any sentimentality to you at all. Yeah. Because the vocals are never going to be perfect. I mean, that is a, that is a venue and a situation because look, Usher was shaky at the beginning last night because it's, too messed up from an acoustic standpoint. It doesn't yeah. work. And they kind of fixed it. It was all right. But, I mean, if you're just grading it vocally, it was pretty shaky early on.
2: Yeah, it was like he, he couldn't hear.
1: Yeah. Which makes it Lisha difficult. Lisha Keys to- felt off. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't know if they were lip singing or not, but either way, it was not lined up. They were not hearing the way they were supposed to be hearing for it to be a seamless... I assume they were lip singing, but either way, it was not lining up correctly as it was going on.
2: Like, well, I saw I saw the two reactions to it. Again, this is the point. Yeah, some people are like that was incredible, A plus, and some people are like that was a disaster. And I was like, I don't know, it was fine. It's it was a a fifteen minute halftime show at the Super Bowl. That it's going to be what it's going to be. It was it was fine, and frankly, frankly from a from a performance standpoint, um. Well, who was the guy that did America the Beautiful? It's Post Malone.
1: Post Malone. I thought
2: he, I thought he was fantastic. He was great. Reba was Reba was good. Reba was fine. Yeah.
1: I mean, Post Malone I, was great. And I'm, I'm kind of a Reba fan, frankly. She was not as good as Post Malone. He was ex- excellent. She was fine. He was. Ex- yeah, he was excellent.
2: So I don't know. It's fine. Whatever. It's again. You're just you're just trying to check boxes. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're just trying to. Hey, I got this big thing of boxes. I'm gonna try to check as many as I can.
1: Yeah, I, I felt as I said there. I felt bad for Alicia Keys because she was the one struggling with it, and she was the best singer of the group. I mean, she is phenomenal, and for her to not be able to kind of catch it and, and and be where she needed to be at that point, kind of kind of sucked. But no, look, I, I tell you what, I laughed about. Um, and I'm not making fun. I just, in the moment, I guess I kind of am. Now i say that. I guess I should take the precursor off. Is the goes, oh my God, mind blown. Did you see Usher on the skates? And I went, hold on a minute. You're surprised Usher can skate? He's one of the best dancers in the last 40 years from an entertainment <laughs> standpoint. I had no shock yeah. at all that Usher could figure it out on the skates. Okay? Yeah. Like, we're, we're cool.
2: Kind of assumed that was the case.
1: <laughs> yeah. <at> the <laughs> Usher... <laughs> I would have been Perfect. much more shocked if he was falling over the rink and couldn't stay up. I'd go, hold on a minute.
2: He probably has decent coordination. Yeah,
1: I bet Michael Jackson back in the day could skate.
2: Probably with his eyes closed. Yeah.
1: Uh, the Athletic did rank the halftime shows uh, from the from when they started using performers and not bands as they did when it first began. began. And. Uh, People who judge this for a living, which is definitely not me, uh, they rated this the 12th best halftime show, and everybody seemed in agreement that it was somewhere in that range. Uh, okay. One spot better than Lady Gaga from 2017, who's at 13, and yeah. uh, one spot worse than The weekend, which was 2021. Okay. That's where they had this halftime show from last night.
2: I literally, the only one I really remember, I remember, was it Tom Petty did it one time, I think, maybe? He did, yeah. And I, I remember Prince. Prince was...
1: And a lot of the ratings here are even like the song selections and what they did to like whatever, because like Michael Jackson from when he did it in the early nineties is way down the list, but it's because they went with, we are the world instead of bad or thriller. They never even touched bad or thriller during the halftime show. And it was like, well, hold on a minute. that was a missed opportunity. Yeah. um, They have the top 10 halftime shows. Katy Perry from 2015 at number 10, Rihanna from 2023 at number nine. Uh, Madonna from 2012 with Nicki Minaj, uh, CeeLo Green, and others at eight. A tie for six, Shakira, Bad Bunny, Jennifer Lopez from 2020, and 2014's Bruno Mars and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Michael Jackson from 93 at number five. Uh, Beyonce, Destiny's Child from 2013 at 45. U2 from 2002 at number three. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, 50 Cent, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar, and Eminem from 2022 at number two, and Prince from 2007 at number one. Yeah, I got Prince. no qualms there.
2: No, I mean, Prince, man.
1: <laughs> he got I mean, a perfect 50.
2: He was, like, proficient with 14 instruments or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the guy was an absolute <laughs> musical genius. Yeah. I mean, he was. he was phenomenal. I mean, I, I – I love Prince, probably my favorite artist ever, so I'm in on that. I mean, so when people i mean I'm, I'm not your like to your point, I'm not the target audience anymore, so I mean I like Usher, he's fine, you know it's fine. I'm not going to go crazy about Usher, but he, Usher's fine. yeah, you know it's good. whatever who cares? I mean, if everybody's generally pleased, that's fine with me. i mean it's it's, it's fifteen minutes of the game if you don't want just go get a beer, it's okay. I mean whatever it's or, it, don't worry about it. The people that get worked up about that, I'm like, man, I gotta tell you, I, I failed to find that motivation to get that. It was was fine, it was fine. And if you thought it was awesome, great. I'm happy for you. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I don't have to share that same exuberance. But I, Mm. I I wasn't like. I mean, I wasn't going to boo him off the stage or something. He was good. He's fine. He's he's usher. He's a he's a huge name.
1: Yeah. Cool. So
2: You know, it appeals to the masses. Awesome.
1: All right. Let's uh, get into SEC odds after a second. First, take a quick break. Prime Shrimp, prom Shrimp, promshrimp.com. They have five different flavors available for you. Everything from their signature. It's one of my favorites. But uh, a couple of their best sellers. Take advantage of those. They got the uh, New Orleans-style barbecue. And then just announced, just being released, the soy ginger goes great with a lot of uh, hibachi-type dishes there. From Prime Shrimp. And remember, we can help you out. You buy five pouches or more, you can do that, all getting the same kind. You got a flavor you love, or mix it up, get a little sample of everything, find out what it is that works best for you. You can use code RG, five pouches or more, 25% off. Again, there they will deliver it straight to your door. It is uh, easy to use. Fewer than 10 minutes. Freezer plate prime Primeshrimp.com.
2: Are you retiring soon? How long should you wait to take Social Security? What accounts should you pull from first? Are you already retired? Should you consider Roth conversions. These are just some of the questions that can only be answered with the personalized retirement income plan. Andrew Segoe with Segoe Wealth Management specializes in helping folks just like you come up with their retirement game plan. Whether you meet at his house in, at his office, I should say in Collierville or prefer to zoom from anywhere, schedule a free discovery meeting and see what they can do for you. It's RebelsRetire.com. We're brought to you by Comer heating and air, Southern air conditioning and heating the weather is getting weird. As you know, we're doing the cold thing, getting warm, cold again. At some point in the next uh, few weeks, you probably need to get that AC checked out, make sure it's ready to go before the hot weather comes because you absolutely know that it's on its way. So get in touch with them. They're different names, same great products, people, and services. If you're in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, or that area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you're in Hernando, Memphis, or, the, or that area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. stock is a Nashville-based online retail company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1, no matter what the retail value may be. So shop now at astock.bid, astoc dot id or download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. And uh, the College Corner is uh, fully stocked, ready to go as Ole Miss baseball season is around the corner. You stop by the location in Oxford, the Oxford Commons, or there are two locations in the Jackson area. Plenty of parking available. Their, ha- their staff's going to have you in and out, ready for uh, Swayze in no time. Uh, check them out at collegecornerstore.com as well. And we're brought to you by Pinnacle, by Argent Wealth, formerly Pinnacle Wealth, Argent Wealth, based in Ridgeland, Mississippi, Represents clients in more than 20 states. Argent provides detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much, much more at Argent. Investing is treated like a commodity. Decisions are made uh, using objective information and research, not emotions. So regardless of your level of wealth, Argent will sit down with you, listen to your goals, study your expenses, and put forth a comprehensive, detailed financial and retirement plan built just for you. It's myargentwealth.com.
1: Uh, uh any uh commercial stick out last night
2: um trying to think it can be annoying. i was a li- i was a little surprised at the robert kennedy commercial
1: Mm-hmm.
2: like I'm, I'm i have not read about it this morning i've been doing other things but i have to assume that that led to some controversy
1: Yeah, he he apologized or did something. I saw a tweet, but I didn't really read or comprehend exactly what it said. It was right before we were starting. I did see he addressed it this morning. Okay. Or last night. I don't know which one. But yes.
2: I saw there was a lot of controversy over the He Gets Us commercials with the washing feet. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of angst about that. I saw that. I haven't really dove into that to see
1: what A lot of debate about what the true connotation was. Okay. Yeah. That was where that was headed. I tell you, overall, they've gotten so expensive that everybody's gotten spectacle. And I, I think, I, again, I'm, I'm showing my age here, which is, which is fine. I mean, it's kind of where we all are. Um, no, regular size has been... I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big Reba McIntyre fan. I'll, I'll admit it. It's true. Um, she's probably one of four or five people that I'd like to see in concert before they stop touring. Um... Uh, sentimentality has started to get me like I know it wasn't a great commercials but like the simple stuff that we're not just finding how many stars we can put into commercials and how big and kind of goofy um I miss just the really smart beer commercials from the old Super Bowl ads it's why like it was it was rated way down the list but I thought the dog and the Clydesdales and the delivering beer last night from Budweiser was it, it pulled on all the right chords for me but I thought it was well done I had no issue with it last night I thought it was I thought it was good I did think
2: the the YouTube commercial at the beginning for Sunday Ticket was really good.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Brady was in multiple commercials last night. Um, oh,
2: that shows you how little I was paying attention. I don't even
1: remember that. I do think his commercial where they said anybody but him could bet with BetMGM was really good. It was funny because he's won too much. Uh, that was that was well done. Um there were there were a few that I that I liked that I had no issue with. Yeah, I, I thought I thought there were several that were, were pretty good last night. Um looking here again, I'm sure there are plenty of ratings out there beyond this, but um the Paramount Mountain of Entertainment, which we'd already seen, had been teased on the internet, it was rated the number one commercial of the night. That was Patrick Stewart uh saying throw the child and all that over the over the mountain. Uh Arnold Schwarzenegger's Like a Good Neighbor. From State Farm was number two last night. That Tom has one enough up from Bet MGM number three. Uh, ben Affleck number four for Dunkin' Donuts, and then uh, Mr. T for Skechers number five last night.
2: Oh, I did see the Mr. T win. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was. I was glad that Clubber was able to bounce back from his defeat.
1: He's 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 hanging in. He's doing all right. It's gonna yeah. it's gonna be all right. Uh, no, the ratings are going to be tremendous from last night. I don't know exactly. I mean, even beyond normal Super Bowl, I mean, duh, it's going to be a huge number. But I, I think that you hit every demographic the most you could last night. I think we're about to see some gigantic numbers.
2: So that'd be my guess, too. My guess would be record numbers.
1: I told Neil before we started the show that it's. I'm still getting used to including Texas and Oklahoma and everything that we're doing because it is here now after this baseball season. It's the last thing that we will do without Texas and Oklahoma. And I was writing about that a little this morning. I wrote an SEC baseball tournament story for next year because it's the last year that it will be 12 teams. It's the last year that there will be divisions in SEC baseball just like everything else. Um, You can read about it, but they are going to a 16-team format for the SEC baseball tournament to make sure everyone's included, that no one is left out because of the stigma that potentially comes with missing the conference tournament. And they're doing it like basketball where you get a bunch of buys and you don't have to play till later and all that stuff. It's 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 rendering the tournament meaningless while also having a tournament is what they are doing. Sure. That is that is where it is is sitting right now. So all good.
2: Yeah, it's and we'll do it in May. We'll everybody get all psyched up for the tournament in Hoover and the selection show will come out the next day and you're like, Oh, that didn't mean anything. And yet at the same time everyone will be all jacked up about it. Whoever wins will be pumped up and the dudes will play super hard and the coaches will try to figure out how they can lose without looking like they're trying to lose. And you'll realize that it didn't matter at all.
1: I miss I, I will say I will miss the double elimination smaller tournament. Like just going over there and hanging out, being a college baseball guy. Like I I, I kind of hate what it's doing, but I completely understand it and have no problem with it at the same time. But from a watchability standpoint and just being a fan of the of the sport, I, I kind of hate what it, what's 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 changing about it. It's, it's a really fun week if you like college baseball. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I used to love it. I mean, and I'm not a big college baseball guy, and I always liked that event because it was, yeah. Because like you you're
1: more likely to do the trip if you're the fan or whatever, if you know you're going to get at least two games because you go over yeah. there and, you know, Ole Miss wins on Tuesday and you're an Ole Miss fan. You go, well, hey, I'm here through Thursday at least. I got a couple yeah. days and we're just hanging out and let's make some dinner reservations and sure do the thing and it's
2: kind of laid back and you can watch the other teams play and you know it's, yeah. It's
1: hey, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah all right yeah good yeah, sure you know or
2: there's a some player on another team that's like a top five pick or something you can watch them play and i always enjoyed when there was some like big top five top 10 pitcher mm-hmm. watch you could i mean it was kind of a who's who of major league baseball general managers and stuff would pop up they were you know they were doing advanced scouting cuz it's like you you have
1: David Price day where it's like oh okay that's yeah
2: Theo Epstein was there and all these people mm-hmm. were there and you're like oh okay well <laughs> I believe baseball America now
1: turns out they're right yeah yeah uh, so anyway let's get into the football portion of that the reason i mentioned it's cuz texas and oklahoma are included in our over/unders for the SEC in 20 and 20- 2024 Neil covered these in Ten Thoughts. You can read Ten Thoughts up right now at RebelGrub.com. But and again, we're not gonna go through the schedules and all that. We got plenty of time. We'll probably take a day per team at some point during the course of this, as we do this like twelve thousand times prior to uh prior to September. You know, look the Chiefs won a, won a game last night. Ole Miss will have played two games by the time they play again. So uh oh, there yeah. is uh is that by the time we get to the uh, the college football season. Alabama, probably the lowest they've been in a while. No Nick Saban. Their offensive coordinator is headed to the Seattle Seahawks after a couple of weeks. Alabama at nine and a half, nil last night. I think you picked this for an under, if I have it correct.
2: I did. I, I went under. I mean, they, they, there's a lot of questions about them now. Their offensive coordinator just left for Seattle, so they got to go do that again. There's all the turnover that you've got. Um. They had a lot of guys leave via the portal. They're always going to have a lot of guys leave via the draft. They, yeah, I went under. I mean, nine and a half to, to go over, you got to go 10 wins. And I, I, I think they're going to lose more than that. They've got, Dayton. they play Georgia. Um, I think they play Texas. I'm about to pull up their schedule. It's, you know, I mean, look. The odds are—we talked about this for a long time. The odds are, whoever replaces Saban is going to be a quote disappointment.
1: And nine and three is a disappointment.
2: Well, sure. I mean, Saban won double digits every year but one, right?
1: It's in the right spot because yeah, I can't predict them ten wins right now. I just, I, I just can't. I'm, I'm not there. Um, Auburn, seven and a half. I, I, again, it's not even really about the over-under as much as the number that I find interesting on these teams a little bit. Seven and a half for Auburn feels big, unless you're really just counting on a lot. I think you wrote this, a lot of recruiting momentum out of the casual better that goes, oh, they're bringing in talent and Auburn's a good program, and sure, they're going to win eight games, right? And kind of leave it out there that way.
2: Just to back up on Bama for a minute, because I pulled up their schedule, their, schedules, their schedule is not conducive for 10 wins. Uh, at Wisconsin, Georgia at home, at Tennessee, Missouri at home, at LSU, at Oklahoma, mm-hmm. the Iron Bowl, of course. I mean, that's
1: there's losable games there.
2: Tall order to get to ten and two.
1: You picked Auburn under seven and a half.
2: Yeah, I mean, they were not good last year, and they they. Did some recruiting stuff, and Hugh does the Hugh thing, and I don't know. I mean, I, if they if they do better, then good for them. I just I, I have my doubts. I mean, their schedule. Making sure this is twenty twenty four. They play Cal again. By the way, um, I mean they get Oklahoma at home. They got to go to Georgia. They got to go to Missouri. They got to go to Kentucky. They uh, get Texas A and M at home. They got to go to Alabama. Yeah, I mean it's. What was the over-under, seven and a half?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I like the under there. I mean, if you told me Auburn goes eight and four, okay, sure, but I think your safer bet is that they go under because Hugh's going to have the Hugh loss every year. This year it was New Mexico State. We've Factored covered that, that in, through. and
1: there's not a lot of margin.
2: I mean, Hugh's going to have the Hugh loss somebody's gonna get them because they're not gonna be ready for somebody they're gonna the question somebody. is
1: can he get somebody can he beat Alabama
2: I mean he almost did it this year
1: mm-hmm. Arkansas and Florida both at five and five the Florida's gonna lose five of those at the last five games of the season and I don't think they're gonna start seven and one so i'm I'm under on the gators even at five wins because I think they go oh and five in the last five games they play
2: yeah that was an easier one I didn't even pulled this up I mean Arkansas' schedule is just not conducive to getting to six. Even if they're a little better, I don't. And frankly, I don't think they are. I mean, they've got to go at at Oklahoma State. I don't know what what Oklahoma State is or isn't. Um, UAB won't be a gimme for them. They got to go to Auburn. They do the Texas A and M thing one last time in Arlington. Tennessee at home, LSU at home. They got to go to State where they typically lose. Got to go. uh, They play Ole Miss at home. Uh, Texas at home—that's a tough schedule, man. At Missouri to finish—you uh, gotta love the under there. Five and a half feels like a big number.
1: Ben asking No and Chase if you heard Joel Klatt's idea of having college football playoff championship game, divisional playoff weekend, have two NFL games on a Saturday leading into the CFP game on Saturday night. I mean, look—you would have a a bonanza of a day in football. The problem is the NFL doesn't play well with others, and there's no guarantee they're going to leave your time slot alone. They're not going to give you the primetime time slot automatically. Oh, and they shouldn't. Yeah. No, I mean, they're,
2: there's it, no it, incentive for the NFL to play nice with anyone, yeah. including college football. There's, I mean, there's no reason. I mean, they, 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 they should do what they do to college football. In and you situations. can't
1: start your college football playoff championship game at 7-15 if the Bills and the Dolphins kicked off at 5-45. So, yeah, so. or
2: if you're smart, seven fifteen. Yeah. In an AFC East, AFC playoff game. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. I mean, what what is the – if you're in the meeting and you're the NFL and, and this is Klatt's proposal, I mean, your easy answer is, well, what's in that for me? I mean, why? Why are we doing this for you?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What are you? What are what? What in the world are you giving me back? I mean, the answer is nothing.
1: You, uh, you so are you. Overtly. do the same
2: thing you do with Thanksgiving. You just like, hey, look, you know. I mean, if you guys insist on playing Thanksgiving games that night, go for it. That's cool, whatever. I mean, but we're gonna put a big game in that spot, and we're gonna kill you. And I mean, it's up to you. Yeah. I mean, like this year, because Christmas this year will be a Tuesday or a Monday,
1: This is a leap year, so, yeah, it goes back. So, I guess it's a Sunday or a Monday, right? I don't even know.
2: Christmas was a Sunday. so I think it'll be a Tuesday.
1: Okay. Yeah, I guess that's right.
2: And so, if that's the case, the NFL will say to NBA, hey, for the next couple years, you guys get to enjoy it. You guys get to own Christmas Day. Have at it. (laughs) Good for you.
1: It's a Wednesday.
2: Okay. Yeah, there you go. So this year, maybe one more year, they'll let him just kind of do whatever. And then, hey, once it gets back to the weekends, we're gonna start owning this thing again. You know that, right? But this year it's a Wednesday, so hey, have your NBA quintuple header, and we'll just sit back. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, that's but that's where the NBA, that's where the NFL is. They're the, they're the king.
1: Um, your first over, you have Georgia over ten and a half. Huge number, but somebody got to beat them twice. They haven't lost a regular season game in three years, so why the hell would we think they lose two of them now?
2: Yeah, what are we basing? Oh, they're going to lose two because they lost a, a SEC championship game to Bama.
1: Their toughest games are Missouri and Ole Miss.
2: Yeah, and look, I mean, if you're picking those games today, they got to go to Missouri, to Oxford, right? I mean, are you super confident with either one of those picks? I mean, be it, it not, not, not. Covering a line, win, straight up, money line. I mean, our, our, just be honest. Yeah, sure. I mean, if you're if you're asked to pick those games today. Yeah, even hey, if
1: you pick it and pick Old Miss and Missouri to win, you're just like, hey, that's that flyer over there. We're not going, hey, you know what? Load up, baby. Hey, like no, that's.
2: No, here's the here's $1,000, and you've got to yeah. put it on who's going to win the game. Yeah. Okay, but well, you're going to put it on Georgia on both games. And so maybe yeah. they lose one of them, but what are the odds they lose both of them? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think they're very high.
1: Kentucky six they got, and a half.
2: You got experienced quarterback. Now they'll be hungry. I was having this conversation with a coach in another sport the other day. When you've won a bunch, it's just human nature to get a little bit fat and happy.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And typically, when you take something away from one of those programs, and the the players are reminded that hey. The other team can beat you. You have to have the same – got to get that hunger back. When it gets taken away, they're hungry. The odds of Georgia being a pretty hungry program next year are pretty strong. They are. Actually, love the over for Georgia.
1: Kentucky, six and a
2: half. I need to pull up their schedule. I did not – yesterday when I did this, I just sort of wrote it.
1: Um, They – We've talked about this a ton. They lost their identity last year to a point that they might get to seven because they're a very consistent team. But they have to find a way to establish sort of what they are. And they've not done that. Um, They they, they feel average to me at best. I I don't think this is – I know it was really close two years ago with Will Levis and all that. I don't think this is an over-huge danger point for Ole Miss in week five.
2: I don't either. So let's 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 we'll do this super fast. We'll do this ten times between now and the football season at least. But Southern Miss probably a win. South Carolina at home is a win. Georgia's a loss. Ohio's a win. So that's three. I think they lose at Ole Miss. That's three, and that's still three. They beat Vanderbilt at home. That's four. At Florida's a big game, obviously for both teams. But if you told me Kentucky won, I'm not surprised. Uh, they get Auburn at home. I think they win. At Tennessee's a loss. Murray State's a win. At Texas is probably a loss, or is a loss, and then uh, Louisville at home typically is a win for them. What did I, I did I do over or under for them?
1: You went. I think I thought you went under, but that would be over the way you just.
2: Yeah. The more I revisit it, the more I think ah, I might go over.
1: Yeah, that feels.
2: They've just been really consistent. That's what they've been. And people hear that word and they're like, they haven't no, won anything. No, you went
1: any-. over. You, you picked over for Kentucky.
2: Okay. People hear the word consistent and they think, oh, but Neil, they haven't won anything. And I'm like, that's not the point. They haven't sucked. Yeah, they consistent
1: doesn't mean undefeated. Consistent means no. consistent. consistent. They consistently just, do the same thing.
2: You consistently get to a place where you're winning seven, eight games. That's what he's done. That's the reason he's highly paid there. No one, no one in that athletic department truly, honestly believes they're going to win a championship.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Really, they don't even believe they're going to be a playoff contender. But can you win eight games and we can put off the basketball angst until now, which there's a lot of it right now at, at Kentucky? And the answer is, yeah. yeah, he's been able to do that pretty consistently, and
1: so they've rewarded him for it. I mean, Vanderbilt's the most consistent football team in the SEC. That is true. I mean, it is. It's like that running joke where the guy, like the trainer, talks to the guy and he goes, "Look, I've never worked out," and the guy goes, "Oh, that's awesome. You're already consistent. We just got to flip that consistency the other way. That's yeah. it. You've got the consistency whipped. It's all good. You've got
2: the habit part done."
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. All right, where are we at? LSU nine and a half. You pick the under for the uh, Bayou Bengals.
2: Yeah, I mean on, that's a big number.
1: That's a big number.
2: I got to get to ten to cover.
1: I got to beat Alabama. I got to beat Ole, Ole Miss. I got to not lose a game somewhere. That's kind of stupid. Yeah, I'm I got to replace Jaden Daniels. He's not my quarterback anymore.
2: Yeah, and he was really good. Neighbors is gone. I mean LSU schedule USC at Vegas to open the season. Uh, Nichols is a win at South Carolina is probably a win. UCLA at home's probably a win. South Alabama. At home, probably a win. So that's four, maybe even five, if depending on... Just try to find
1: is. three losses. Let's do it that way.
2: All right. Ole Miss could be a loss. Uh, I don't think Arkansas can be a loss. At Texas A&M can certainly be a loss. Alabama at home could, could be a loss. Um, Oklahoma at home could be a loss. I mean, you're giving them... Yeah, I can get them to nine and three. Easy.
1: Mm. Easy. Yeah, I'm on no, two. No,
2: no problem at all. And if you stumble somewhere, like at South Carolina or at Arkansas or at Florida, you're done. You're cooked.
1: State four and a half. That is a low number, but they can get to five. Their schedule's not. I will say, look, though, they've got to win those early games. They've got a couple weird games early, and you can laugh at me, even including Toledo right there, that if you don't get them, it's over. There's two games in, like, their first four or five weeks that I kind of circled and went, hmm. Yes,
2: they get Eastern Kentucky to win. They'll
1: beat the Colonels
2: at Arizona State. There we go. There's there's your one of your weird ones. Toledo at home, and I'm with you. That's a weird game, but they probably win it. SEC teams against MAC teams. The number is just yeah. off the chain. Sure. Uh, Florida at home. I, I, I think huge, a game. Game. Huge, huge game. Huge game. Huge game. A game he can win. At Texas is a loss. At Georgia's a loss. A and M's probably a loss. He he should beat Arkansas at home. He should beat UMass at home, obviously. At Tennessee's a loss. Missouri at home's a loss. At Ole Miss is a loss. But can I get him to five?
1: Yeah, no problem. You can get him to five, and then you can have a really bad end of the year for the Bulldogs. Because yeah, yeah I mean, they're here's, in trouble those last three.
2: Here's an easy five. Eastern Kentucky at Arizona State. Toledo. Uh Arkansas, UMass. Yeah. There They're they covered.
1: Yeah, so I'm okay with over on them. Uh Missouri nine and a half. That schedule is just very doable. I don't hate ten and two on the Tigers at all.
2: No, I don't I don't either.
1: It's Thank Georgia you. and just some teams they should beat, but could be weird games. Their
2: That's schedule's it. great. It's Murray State, Buffalo, Boston College, Vanderbilt. I mean, you're off to a four and zero start in an open date before you go to Kyle Field. You're rolling.
1: Big game at AM.
2: Big game at A M. Then UMass and Auburn at home, so even if you lose to A&M, and I don't think they will, you recover at Alabama, and I just don't think Alabama's going to be the big juggernaut that they've been. You get uh, Oklahoma at home, at South Carolina, at Mississippi State, Arkansas at home. Dude, that's a favorable
1: schedule. Don't lose one you shouldn't and go one and two in the three games that are difficult, and you just pitch her over. You're 10-2.
2: You're 10-2, and if you win two of those games, you're playing in Atlanta.
1: Ole Miss and Missouri got blessed by the schedule guides for 2024. And 100%. That is, that is where we are. We, we, we've we been over Ole Miss a thousand times. You went over. I don't hate the over either. Um, it's LSU, Oklahoma, and Georgia. Win one of those three and then don't lose to somebody else. That's it. That's that's the route. Yep. Don't go to Fayetteville and do something stupid. Don't go to Columbia, South Carolina and do something stupid.
2: No, you got to go win those games. Don't go to Florida and lose.
1: I think Ole Miss is what twenty and two in their last twenty two at home. Win your home games, something like that. Yeah, beat beat Oklahoma at home.
2: Like I wrote, if you told me, look, if you said, "Hey, pick Ole Miss's record right now," go ten and two, and then if you go, you're off a game. I can't believe I'm saying this, and I know it sets me up for all the you're a homer criticism. I get it, but I'm being honest here. If you told me I'm off a game, I go, oh, they won eleven. Because I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, if you tell me that it's nine, I'm going to be like, oh, dudes, it might be eight. might be seven.
1: The well, wheels because might- at that point I go, hey, did Dart get hurt? They had no running backs. Like, yeah. what happened? Did they, did I they know what a happened. Or,
2: did they lose a game or two early and not have chemistry?
1: hmm
2: Did they have a lot of internal problems when the losses came early and you weren't a playoff contender anymore? Because if you told me that they lost a game or two in the first half, I would tell you the wheels came off. And that they care them off the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I would tell you it's a disaster.
1: Oklahoma seven and a half, Neil. Feels low. Just what we know about the Sooners, that just history-wise, that felt low when I looked at the number. I expected an eight or an eight and a half simply because of the name on the helmet. And this is
2: one where I'm probably about to feel stupid because I didn't even... Again, I didn't look this up yesterday. I was watching other stuff and just was trying to... Get it done before the Super Bowl. All right. So Temple at home, Houston at home. So two, Tulane at home, probably three. Uh, At Tennessee, at Auburn. Could be Texas. Texas at the Cotton Bowl. Okay. uh, South Carolina at home. Okay. At at Ole Miss. Yep. Uh, Then they finish with Maine. Six. At at Missouri, Mm -hmm. an open date. Alabama at home, mm. at LSU. No, I like the under.
1: Oh, God. That, that that got weird late. I had a hard time getting them there. And I even gave them, like, at Auburn and a couple that are iffies. Yeah, oh. I,
2: I kind of like the under there.
1: Yeah, that's that's a weird spot there for Jackson Arnold and the Sooners. Uh, Carolina, five and a half. It's such a low number. It's kind of like state. It's just, it's just meh.
2: Yeah, I just... I mean, we I'm, don't have
1: to go through it. It's fine, but... Just, no, but you know,
2: my, my thought on them is Jeremiah Masoli-ish. I have a feeling Spencer Rattler, who, by the way, really impressed people in Mobile. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that Spencer Rattler covering up a lot of stuff that's about but to get exploded.
1: That they were much worse than...
2: Remember that year after Masoli? Yeah, oh, you remember, remember the year. I did, yeah. Where all of a sudden you look and you're like, ooh, they're even worse than I thought, and I thought they sucked. I remember telling you that in 2011, like in August of 2011, going, I remember looking at you on the practice field one day and going, I thought this team would be bad. I thought it had a chance to be really bad. And, yeah, dude, yeah. this team might just suck.
1: Because you looked at him and went, oh, God, they went 4-8 and eight last year, and they're worse.
2: And there's nobody at quarterback to make up for it.
1: a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah. I mean, (sighs) I think you're right. I I think Carolina might be the catastrophe.
2: If you told me that Beamer sort of reacts to that the way that Nut reacted to it, kind of paranoid, and I'd, I'd buy it.
1: Um, ben, thanks, and you made me feel really old right there. Wow. Um, yeah, geez, but thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, Carolina, let's see, five and a half. Tennessee, eight and a half. I, look, I guess you got to read their schedule, but just. And look, maybe we're being stunned by this Nico thing in the bowl game and all that kind of stuff, but I think they're going nine and three if the schedule allows. I actually think Tennessee could sort of, I don't think they're, LSU, they're Ole Miss or Georgia or Texas or Missouri, but I think they could crash the party and make this thing a little complicated toward that 12 spot.
2: Yeah, I do too. I it's mean, sort of,
1: sort of where I'm sitting right now.
2: NC State, Kent State at Oklahoma, open date at Arkansas. Florida at home, Alabama at home, open date, uh, at um, Kentucky at home, Mississippi State at home, at Georgia, UTEP, at Vanderbilt. I mean, their schedule really laid out good. They open with Chattanooga, by the way. So yeah. if they beat NC State, that's one, two, three when they go to Oklahoma, even if you just give them an L there for kicks and giggles, they're going to win at Arkansas, they'll beat Florida at home. Even if they lose to Alabama, so now that's two losses. No, we're back to this. If they can beat one of Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma, they got a real shot at 10-2. and two. A real shot.
1: Yeah, they're a, they're a party crasher. I think they're a step below those other teams. But I think we are – sneaking a little bit on them a little bit i, I, I do too I, I do. more i look
2: at it the more i think oh wow mm-hmm.
1: so just a just a thought there uh and that look it's it's, it's what i hate about the lack of divisions i know we're going to get some great cross divisional games in our heads but i'd sort of like to see a little bit of a round robin between missouri tennessee and georgia next season like let's do that yeah. and see what see what see what it looks like yeah. um We'll finish up the last three in a second. What do i tell you about Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C, service people across rural communities, two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio, your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's Nespark.com, 662-238-3159, phone service, portal controls, network security, and much more. So to get the best internet in Lafayette County, that's 662-238-3159.
2: Brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. Uh, John's part of Virtuoso. It's a worldwide network of travel partners that allows John to supply his clients with added values, unique benefits, simply not available to other travelers. Uh, Get in touch with John. uh, If you're thinking about um, a trip that you want to create a lifetime of unique memories, get in touch with him. Uh, he's going to give you some parameters. He's going to give You You give him some parameters. Give him a budget. He's going to give you some options. And uh, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of the services. 901-494-3387. Or send him an email at edwards at regencytravel.net. Oxford's newest Greek restaurant on the square. Opa is the perfect place to uh, plan your uh, corporate uh, meal or just a, 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 a big get-together. Uh, you can make a reservation, they have fabulous food, great craft libations as well. They can host a, a company dinner, a festive party event. Accommodate up to 200 guests at OPA. For catering or booking information, contact Genie, 601-421-7147. And remember, uh, Rafters on the Square as well as you're starting the, uh, the baseball season. Looking for a place to hang out before a game, maybe a place just to grab a beer, watch some of the other games. Before the kids pile in that night, uh, make Rafters part of your day. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Chase mentioned uh, Neil's picks, which wrapped up on Sunday. Another season of those in the books Our thanks to the people at service specialist, um, for sponsoring it yet. Again, service specialist staffing and recruiting agency. They've been connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. If you're on the job hunt, whether you're seeking an entry level position or you're a seasoned professional, they have opportunities across the board, engineering, it dentistry, accounting, law, manufacturing, human resources, and more. They, uh, they have you taken care of at Service Specialist. Uh, you've got nothing to lose as a candidate, so give Will, Sidney, or Kelsey a call at 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website, servicespecialistltd.com. Get the beautiful and healthy smile you deserve at Corinth Dental. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state-of-the-art procedures that will result in a beautiful, long-lasting smile. From routine checkups to advanced treatment, including implants and invisalign. Corinth Dental is here to help you achieve your SMILE goals. So schedule your appointment today. Take the first step toward a better version of yourself. It's CorinthDental.com.
1: Cole, thanks for super chat. Good to see you, uh, buddy. Says Prince is the goat. Also can make these you can make these bets on a, in Mississippi on an app starting June first. Yeah, um, little clarification on that. You are. Everybody will appreciate that. But you're going to have to use an app associated with the casinos. Um, They are still trying to save the sports books in Mississippi, the casinos. So it's still, to the best of my knowledge, and this is coming from Gerard Gibbard, who would know from our podcast a few weeks ago, um, it will not be like DraftKings, FanDuel, that type of thing. It will be apps associated with the current sports book situation in Mississippi. But, yes, that is coming. You will be able to bet – mobily beyond just the uh, the locations starting here uh, here soon in Mississippi. So just heads up on that. Uh, Bobblefish, the Friday night game against Hawaii, the season opener will be uh, streamed. It will be on ESPN+. Plus. But to the best of my knowledge, the other three games are radio only. I'm, I I'm not in charge. I don't know why. It seems dumb to me. If you have the ability to stream one, I don't know why you're not streaming them all. But the season opener that begins at 10.35 p.m. Central Time on Friday evening uh, yeah, it is. It is on ESPN Plus. Ole Miss is playing a double header, By the way, on Saturday, both games are seven innings, which kind of surprised me because when you're the better team, you don't want to play seven inning games. Um, but two seven inning games on Saturday, and then a final game on Sunday. That's where we are.
2: What time are you leaving for Honolulu?
1: Uh, I better get on it then, shouldn't I? Probably should. Should be soon. I, I don't think I can drive there. Um, it's gonna It's gonna take a flight. Uh, be Ole our- Miss is.
2: You could, you could drive to L.A. and then take you a could. boat.
1: You could. A boat. Long boat. Be on a boat for a minute.
2: <laughs> for a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, Ole Miss is going out on Wednesday. They're going to go snorkeling and do some scuba kind of stuff on, uh, on Thursday morning. Mike's to try to get rid of the jet lag a little bit. And then on a thir- Friday morning, they're going to tour Pearl Harbor and do some of the tourist stuff before playing that night. So that's uh, that's the situation there. With uh, with the Rebels, they play a four-game set all against the Warriors. Some people have asked me, is there more teams in this thing? Nope, it's Ole Miss and Hawaii four times over three days there. And then Ole Miss' is home opener, Arkansas State, on February 21st, 4 o'clock back here at Swayze Field before they welcome in uh, High Point for the weekend. Iowa, the big non-conference series, that's a couple weeks away. Hawkeyes are really good. Yeah,
2: that's what all we right. do. We and dominate all sports.
1: You throw it a lot more in baseball than you do football.
2: I will say this, the the Iowa-Nebraska women's basketball game yesterday
1: mm-hmm.
2: was more entertaining than I anticipated that it would be.
1: I turned it on because I wanted to see if she was going to break the record. Um, yeah. And look, they floundered down the stretch. She didn't score at all in the fourth quarter. They blew up 12, 13-point lead. They they seemed to have it in hand and then just went completely cold. Uh, and I somebody asked me, and I, I'm crediting – was it on Fox? Is that who the channel yeah, was? Fox. I don't even know. Okay. Yeah. I'm crediting mm-hmm. Fox here because I thought they handled that perfectly. The announcers called the game normally, but you got the info box that told you what Kate Clark was doing for the game right above the score, and then you got the info box in the corner that said how many she has left to break Kelsey Plum's all-time women's college basketball scoring record. That was the perfect way to do that. You're not making a spectacle with voice, but everything is there because, let's be honest, most people were watching for Kate and Clark, not for Iowa, Nebraska, women's college 100%. basketball. So I, I thought they did a phenomenal job uh, producing that game yesterday. And it was. I it was two. compelling. It was. She got, I mean, I, she got two shots off in the last five seconds. Frankly, she was ice cold in the fourth quarter. She was bad. Um, and Nebraska pulled off an upset. So.
2: Her shot selection, man. And I realize that she's she's deadly like from anywhere inside half court, but some of her <laughs> shot selections like Caitlin. Come on now.
1: <laughs> I'm a little surprised that they and, and look, I know nothing about the financial dynamics of Iowa Women's College basketball. I'm a little surprised they didn't add somebody in the off season to help her just because of the public publicity around that team and possibilities with them. Because they're not. I mean, they have a couple other decent players, but they're not. They're not great. It's not a. It's not a best five in the country kind of situation there for the, uh, for the Hawkeyes. Um, but she's compelling. I tell you what I think, and I mean I. I I'm not an expert on women's college basketball um, at all. Mm-mm. I. I will say her passing ability is very underrated. I actually think she's going to be good at the next level because of her ability to distribute.
2: No yeah. doubt. In that game alone, I mean, several of her teammates just missed bunnies that she Mm -hmm. delivered to
1: them. And she needs to probably gain a little weight if at all possible. Her physicality could be a problem at the next level. She's very small.
2: I wrote Um, this in on the WNBA. I'm embracing her. And they're not.
1: Oh, you're rolling it. Oh, they are. They are mad.
2: They're mad because she does not check the boxes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so people are mad about it. You should embrace her because your league is dead. And she gives your cha- your league a chance to actually appeal to the audience that your league needs to appeal to, and that's young girls. You moronic idiots! You need to uh, you need to appeal to girls. That's the only thing that's going to save you, you idiots. And so she gives you a chance. You should embrace her wholeheartedly. But they're not. They're not going to. They're going to turn on her. It's going to. Is
1: she going to take a pay cut by declaring she can make huh. more money at Iowa next year? Right.
2: She could, you know, she's going to go pro, and and, and she'll probably look. I, my anticipation is that she ends up being one of the people that goes, "This isn't worth it," and after a little while, just goes, "Screw it, I'll go do something different."
1: Yeah. Uh, Texas ten and a half, just no margin here for the Longhorns because we're talking ten and two is an under. That's a that's a big number in the SEC in year one. Ooh.
2: Yeah, it's just that deal where you. I'm gonna pull their schedule up we did it on some others it won't take but a second that's that deal with them where there's just no margin for error at that point it'd be like if you put the over under on Ole Miss at ten and a half I'd go well the safe bet's under doesn't mean that you're saying they can't do it it just means it's a lot All right. so here's the Texas schedule Colorado State at Michigan so that's a toss uh UTSA ULM Mississippi State Oklahoma and Dallas which is usually a really competitive game no matter what they get Georgia at home at Vanderbilt Florida at home at Arkansas Kentucky at home at Texas a- yeah I'm I'm under They're they're only going to lose once? No, they they're they're losing two games. Don't you yeah, think? I'm
1: with you there. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking through it. They're going to get bit somewhere.
2: For them to go over, they can only lose one of the
1: following games.
2: At Michigan, Oklahoma in the Red River game, Georgia, and at Texas A&M. They can only lose one of those games.
1: And then don't do anything stupid.
2: And then you that's assuming everything, like a win over Kentucky and at Arkansas, win over Florida. I'm assuming, a you know – Obviously, a win over Mississippi State. I mean, you're making some
1: assumptions. I mean, there's a world to eleven and one easily. I mean, I can get you there without a problem. I think they beat Michigan. I think you know, but yeah. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. A uh, and M eight and a half. We're just going under until proven otherwise. Absolutely. Sorry, I'm. I'm not
2: doing. That. I'm not. I'm not. If I'm bad, wrong, I'll just be bad, wrong.
1: Yeah. No. 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 Thank you. And then Vanderbilt two and a half. I have to go over because it's two and a mm-hmm. freaking half.
2: Well, and they've got like four games at the very beginning that they could win. Mm-hmm. One of them's like Albany State or Alabama State or something. They get ball states. There's two. Just got to win one more game.
1: How many states can you play that aren't actual states? All of them. I mean, I guess. Okay. Is it UTSA? I saw on Twitter over the weekend that plays all four Owls in Division One college football or FBS college football. Oh, how about that? Yeah,
2: I mean, here's the Vanderbilt schedule. Tell me if you can get to three. Virginia Tech, uh, Alcorn State. One. Okay, at Georgia State.
1: Two, maybe.
2: At Missouri. Mm-hmm. Alabama at home. Mm-hmm. At Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Ball State. Okay. Uh, Texas at home at all. I mean, that's South. enough. Yeah, I, I can get them there. I can get. Can I get to three? Yeah, I can get to three. Alcorn State. Georgia State, and Ball State, and you cover.
1: Yeah, we'll go. I mean, look, they could easily go under, too, but I'll go over if I have to pick one. Uh, yeah, UTSA's schedule this year includes the Kennesaw State Owls, the Rice Owls, the Florida Atlantic Owls, and the Temple Owls.
2: Oh. Hmm. I Man, I thought of a bad joke, but.
1: There are all your uh, your over unders. I, I do think we're conditioned to go under on more teams and tosses simply because we don't do as well predicting the team out of nowhere. That's much harder than seeing flaws and going, Hey, I don't that doesn't make sense to me. So you always kinda get surprised by the over a little bit in these I mean, in these th- things.
2: Someone will overachieve. Mm hmm. You know? Texas A&M or Florida or Kentucky or somebody will overachieve because that's how it works and someone will probably underachieve. But Vegas Vegas you saw all the pictures yesterday. All those buildings are paid for. Cash. So they know what they're doing. They're not way off on a bunch of teams.
1: Will uh we'll spend a ton of time tomorrow on basketball but just a little uh precursor here again old Miss Kentucky. Tomorrow night from Rupp Arena, 8 o'clock, huge opportunity for Ole Miss. Frankly, a kind of a needed game when you start looking at schedules and where you're at and what's kind of coming. And the fact that while you're not favored, it is a very susceptible spot there for the uh, the Wildcats. Kentucky's coming off an 89-85 loss to Gonzaga. But this is not your, your Gonzaga team from yet last year, two years ago, five years ago. This is a bubbly, flawed group of Bulldogs here that went into Rupp and won a game. Kentucky on cannot on guard.
2: Kentucky yeah. can't play defense. You have a real shot. And if you look at the rest of Ole Miss's schedule with an objective eye, you start going, mm. might want to get this one.
1: You need five.
2: You need five. They you still got, got to Missouri play. twice. That's that's two.
1: That's and you got two. South Carolina at home. That has to be three.
2: It has to be. You should win that one. At, uh, Alabama at home is going to be tough. I mean, it really is. They they're, they look good right now. you got
1: A&M at home, hard game, but you got to win it. That's yeah, four. And, that, and
2: they look good right now. So this is a spot where it wouldn't hurt to go get this one.
1: Yeah. Otherwise, in the SEC on Saturday, Texas A&M just popped Tennessee. The Aggies win 85-69 against the, uh, the Volunteers. Uh, they were up 14 at the break. And then uh, – Cruise there in the second half um uh, we got a my, my boy west we got a great tweet from him uh that night he was getting ridiculed for being pro tennessee and uh his response on twitter is what do you want me to do walk across the court and shoot rick barnes in the head that was his his response so that would be so. extreme it would I mean, yeah you know,
2: <laughs> i mean
1: i feel like that's not what people were saying but sure i mean,
2: fan base. I mean, I sure, I can see that (laughs) happening. I mean, I hope it doesn't. I I like Rick. He's a nice person.
1: Uh, I will be curious with the over-under on Kentucky Ole Miss is tomorrow because, as Grind said, that thing's got to be way up there. I mean, it's got to be 160-plus.
2: Oh, I I think Ole Miss has a hell of a shot. Ole Miss is a little older, a little more veteran. Kentucky's young. They don't guard anybody and now it feels like infighting. Cal's super defensive. They've got a bunch of guys that are NBA guys, but they're not, they don't, they don't mesh. And they can score because they have a bunch of talented guys. But when I say they don't defend, Chase, they don't defend at all. Like they they get mauled. They give up so many open looks. They give up lots of paint touches. It's a kind of game that Matthew Morrell could have a big night. Mm-hmm. Alan Flanagan could have a big night Juju Murray could sort of fix it a little bit but you got to defend them because they can score they've got guys who can fill it up and you don't want them to get super hot
1: yeah you can't get bombed by Dillingham and Shepard and get into that game with them but yeah no no sure. they,
2: you've got to you got to guard them you got to play physical and you got to bug them a little bit they don't like it but you've 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 got to turn it up on defense because they absolutely have dudes who can score
1: uh Florida um, routed Auburn, eighty-one sixty-five at uh, the O'Connell Center or whatever we're calling that now. there in Gainesville, Florida, six and four in the SEC. Auburn eight and three. They led by sixteen at the break, and then they played. Even that was a there schedule second half. It was. It was it,
2: if you were, if you're an NBA fan, you saw that game and you're like, oh, that's a schedule loss, and it was. Kentucky had time to kind of not not Kentucky. Florida had time to sort of get over what happened in College Station and to kind of talk about it and fix it and get motivated and auburn played its super bowl on wednesday night a little bit and just blew out alabama and then turned around on thursday and it's like okay well let's get ready for Mm
1: -hmm. florida on the road yeah
2: and it's like no i kind of want to still talk about what happened last night and then Mm -hmm. before you know it you're going down there and then they just got popped it's two things one if you're an auburn fan i wouldn't sweat it at all at all and two, if you're a Florida fan, that's that's a big bounce back, and it showed. Their their net's like 31 right now. They're safely in the tournament.
1: South Carolina 75-60 over the hapless Commodores in Columbia on Saturday. Kentucky, uh, sorry Vanderbilt now one nine in the SEC. Uh, Alabama gave up 92 and still won by 17 on Saturday in Baton Rouge. They beat LSU 109-92. The tied nine and two in the SEC. Tied with South Carolina at the top of the league. LSU four and six in the SEC.
2: You know, I don't know if you watched it. You probably didn't. No. I actually watched a good bit of this. LSU played okay. I mean, they didn't. They, they played hard. Alabama just can score in so many different ways that they just wear you out. That's what I mean. I mean, like, people go, well, you know, we get Alabama at home, we being Ole Miss. Can we get Alabama at home, and I'm like, yeah, I get it, man. But, like, if they're on, they're just, unless you're really, really good, they they're they're tough to beat.
1: Arkansas won in Fayetteville, 78-75 over Georgia. And then Mississippi State won in Columbia, Missouri, 75-51 there in in games. Missouri 0-11 in the SEC a year after making the NCAA tournament.
2: Yeah, the the only thing of those two games that sticks out a little bit is Mike White's team plays hard. They get close games. They just can't Mm -hmm. finish. It's kind of become a consistent thing. Arkansas and it played.
1: starts getting away from you, which lets you. If you're Ole Miss, you got to circle Athens and go. Hey, go win a basketball game. Got
2: to, got to go win that one. Arkansas played fine; they did fine. Uh, Mississippi State was good <laughs> at Missouri, and Missouri is bad. Yeah,
1: <laughs> they did fine. They were fine.
2: They were fine. I mean, I give them credit. They have every reason to go. ah, screw it. Let's, let's get out of here. And they, they, they played. They're just not very good, but they, they showed up. That. I had that game on TV too a little bit. I was watching some other stuff, and it was it was fine. They both teams, both teams, to their credit, to Mike's credit, I guess to Musselman's credit, both teams showed up and tried to win the game. And then, which is more uh, than more than you could say for Missouri that night. And then they on did.
1: Tuesday again, we'll spend a ton of time on basketball tomorrow. But uh, Ole Miss at Kentucky uh, again. Kentucky six and four. That's eight o'clock on ESPN, the big channel for that one. Texas A&M at Vanderbilt, ESPNU at 6 tomorrow between the Aggies and the Commodores, and then it's 7 on SEC Network. So three different channels for the three games tomorrow. SEC Network, 7 o'clock, LSU at Florida tomorrow in uh, in Gainesville, the Tigers down there. Two play is, Todd Golden and his Gators.
2: Ole Miss is at 8?
1: Uh, we'll, Ole Miss is at 8, yeah. The games are Good. at 6, 7, and 8 on three different channels tomorrow night.
2: So. Good. I needed, I needed the Ole Miss game to be as late as possible.
1: Yeah, we'll get there in a minute. Uh, before we do that I'll tell you about G and M pharmacy they're uh, in Oxford on South Lamar also Tyson drugs on the square in Holly Springs. I know it's February but stuff's lingering people still getting the flu. Maybe you uh, need that RSV vaccine. Either way, you can uh, do that with G&M or Tyson Drugs. Give them a call. They make it where you make appointments. It's on the schedule, in and out, super easy there. Let them be uh, your pharmacy for all your pharmaceutical needs. They deliver locally in the Oxford area. They offer MedSync, tons of different options. Again, you can do all this at 662-236-2222 for G&M or 662-252-2321 for Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs.
2: Are you a displaced corporate executive wanting to put your career in your own hands? Are you an experienced entrepreneur looking to diversify? Andy Ludeke can help. He's a longtime Rivals board member, a diehard college football fan, franchise veteran. He owns multiple franchises and businesses. He uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. So call Andy. Put your life and your career in your own hands. It's 100% free. You've got nothing to lose. Myperfectfranchise.net. Andy at myperfectfranchise.net, or you can call Andy at 404-973-9901. Southern Traditions Farm is a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. They've got two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails. So much offered at Southern Traditions, including horseback riding offerings, from beginner lessons with uh, Susan Walt to buying your first horse competing at nationally recognized competitions. Uh, A lot going on there. It's also a great venue for uh, corporate outings, uh, that kind of thing. So get in touch with them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. And we're brought to you by uh, Art Hayes of uh, Sotheby's International Realty. Are you thinking of making a move? Put the power of Sotheby's International Realty to work for you. As a licensed agent with Sotheby's International Realty and a supporter of all things Ole Miss, art can help you buy or sell in your hometown or anywhere in the world at no charge to you seriously so call and ask art how 612-805-5929 or email art at art hayes i'm sorry Hayes h-a-y-s at lakes com.
1: sammy you're still in the stream i am appreciating the uh the tweet you sent Neil and I a minute ago of the uh, apparently a Super Bowl party featuring a Forty honors fan who just beat the hell out of his TV just as that game ended last night. Um, Chiefs yeah. scored the choose. winning touchdown, and he's he's just annihilating it there. Uh, little outside looks like an outside eating situation. You got some chicken, got some got some vegetables, got some soft drinks, yeah. probably some alcoholic beverages considering the situation that's taking place in the other side of the room.
2: I was going to guess that maybe maybe <laughs> alcohol was involved, perhaps.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, six o'clock tomorrow, Hernando, Oxford, North Half Boys Soccer Championship, uh, Northwest yep. Rankin and Brandon on the other side, if I have that correct, right?
2: No, it's uh, Northwest Rankin and um, Gulfport. Oh, I apologize Brandon okay. on on penalties Saturday, Sorry Saturday any
1: any any Bulldogs fans out there that I upset and had you around ahead of where you were so Brandon, was a good team
2: and- Brandon was good we played them earlier in the year they were good I mean it's I can't I mean you look up at like who's I know nobody cares who's left and and it's class 7a was pretty pretty loaded this year
1: it 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 overtook the message board on uh, on Friday night. You guys were in the middle of your game, two one um, over Madison Central. At, I guess at the time when it really started popping there, but then it'd be in the uh, the final as well. And word started spreading. And look, we've given plenty of kudos over the years that Clinton had fallen uh, elsewhere in the North Half. And uh, as you had already mentioned, as long as Oxford won, they um, they would host the the North Half title. And you've got a uh, Second goal just off, uh, off a corner kick from Carson there late in the first half and, and held on with a lot of defense and uh, Davis Trout's goalkeeping there in the second half. So, you do, you, you have a pretty busy night tomorrow night now. Oh, God. Um,
2: <laughs> oh, God. I mean
1: – You moved out of the stands at one point. You got down toward the field, um, even on your injured leg.
2: I did. I got down on – I just couldn't – I couldn't sit in the, among people anymore. I had to get away from people. But I probably should have stayed in the stands because what I heard was the – because they were behind me. And normally it's people telling me to shut up, like, stop, stop yelling. And so I'd go down and and get away from people. And the same people who normally tell me to stop, one of those being someone whose name rhymes with Bora McCready, they were all yelling, very upset at the officiating which did feel somewhat one-sided but that's how it, that's how it always feels when you're cheering so hard for your team you think everyone's out to get you um it was it was fun man i mean it's been a fun season it's a great group of kids um they have great chemistry you know the 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 clinton thing last year they learned from it i mean the truth is they did they uh you want you want sports to be a learning lesson because sports is that's what it's really supposed to be, is a teach life lessons. And when you get beat the way that Oxford got beat by Clinton in the playoffs last year mauled, ass kicked, destroyed, totally dominated, no excuses, nothing you could say. When you get beat like that, you have two choices. You can whine and complain and play the victim, or you can go, okay, that's the standard. We got to get to work. And that's what this group did. They did. A bunch of them. Enough of them that it kind of pulled the other ones along. And they have a great mentality. They're going to play a really good team tomorrow night. And they've played them twice, lost once, beat them once. Both games were absolute dogfights. This one probably will be as well. And someone's going to win and someone's going to lose. And it'll suck for the loser and the winner gets – a shot at a state title on Saturday, which is all you can ask for.
1: And that will be in Ridgeland, if I remember correctly. Yeah.
2: But we put, and thanks to some of the people out there who contributed, we put a blitz on Saturday to get tickets to get students there. So if you're an Oxford student or if your kid's an Oxford student, first 150 Oxford students, all you got to do is show your ID. First 150 get in free. The first 50 get free pizza. We're working on making that 50 a bigger number. So, um, 6 o'clock. It'll be over by 7.30. I know it's going to be You can make
1: tip. You can make tip for Ole Miss in Kentucky. You'll get home in time.
2: You can get home. Yeah, you can absolutely stay for the whole game and get back in time for the Ole Miss tip. They're not going to tip right at 8. It's going to be like 8.06, 8.07. You'll be good. And you'll certainly be back for the majority of the game. So there's mm-hmm. just no reason. And it's going to be cold, but it's not going to be that cold at six o'clock. It's going to be all right. So we'll see.
1: Are you wearing like the same thing every time now? Or are we doing like that kind of deal? What do we what we got going?
2: All right, so I got a I got a problem because uh-huh. wear blue. Yeah, oh. the yellow card. The yellow card on Carson was weak. It was total bullshit. <laughs> I, was, I was looking at it. He, <laughs> I mean, that game had gotten so physical, and the one on Jeremiah Dudley before that was just egregious. Jeremiah did not touch anybody. Um, I was looking straight. I was watching Jeremiah, who's one of Carson's very best friends, and, and he didn't get touched. And, yeah, so the ref comes up to Carson. I can say this now because I don't think that ref's going to be calling the game. The ref comes up to Carson at halftime and says, you've been warned. Be cool. And he's like, what? I mean, he has played over the last – he's been playing competitive soccer since he was, what, six? Yeah, Seven years old. I mean, I, I, don't even, I can't even imagine how many hundreds of games he's played. Club and all that stuff. Middle school, high school. I said, has that ever happened to you before? He goes, no. I, he couldn't believe it. And so he gets the card, and, and that game was so physical. That wasn't even a very physical play. I mean, come on. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It was fun. I'll be a nervous wreck. Laura will be a nervous wreck. Everyone's a nervous wreck, but we've this team's the the parents are really cool. Like they're having a team dinner for the guys tonight at one of the houses, and a couple of businesses have stepped up and done things, which shouldn't surprise you at all about Oxford and the way Oxford supports its schools. But it's 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 got a chance tomorrow night to have like a alm- almost Friday night feel to it, which I think is is deserved, is deserved for the for the boys. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, so six o'clock and Oxford there for, uh, for that one. Uh, I, I do, I mean, obviously we're telling people to come, but I do believe it's live streamed. It was it or night. So probably again, for the out of state people at rebel Grove that do want to follow along or did fall along on, uh, on Friday as well. Pretty good. I mean, pretty good stream. Honestly, they did a pretty good job with
2: you got into getting, it.
1: keeping it. I did. Right. I was, I, I turned it on late in the first half, saw, Well, I caught the goal. It was 1-1 when I turned it on. I went, okay, I'll just watch the rest till halftime, and then I'll come back to it or whatever, and saw the corner. And I'll be honest, I had the volume down because I had something else on TV. And because from from my angle on the stream, I haven't seen anything prior to that. I actually was upset. I thought Madison had scored instead because I thought they were blue because I assumed Oxford was wearing white at home and that was yellow, not orange. And I just couldn't tell who was who in the first like 45 seconds I had it on. And then when the lights started doing the strobe thing, which I've been to football games there, I knew that was coming for the home team. But I thought in the playoffs, they do it for everybody. So it even took me a minute to figure out who had scored or what had gone on at that point after I had had, had flipped it on. So
2: so back yeah. to my, uh, my my conundrum.
1: Oh yeah, sorry. So
2: I usually wear this sweatshirt. Not always, but I wore this for both playoff wins just because it's – Did I've got you wear
1: a, it against Hernando here too?
2: I don't remember. Okay. But it's blue, and I've got a blue sweatshirt. So what I'm tempted to do is wear the blue and bring this one. And if it just starts – Just in case. Just, if I need to switch, I'll switch.
1: Because that's more important than being completely blue in the stands. I mean, come on. Like, uh, that, that. That.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, and I'm – I'm weird about this because the every single rational part of me goes, this game is not going to be determined by what you wear. It and then there's takes. that part of you that goes, <laughs> you, "Hey, if you think a team's winning because you're wearing a white sweatshirt, okay, it's possible." <laughs>
1: yeah, probably not. But why chance it? I mean, yeah, what, why, why? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So. We'll, uh, we'll hit that more tomorrow. Again, Rebel Grove, 10 thoughts up. Uh, you got some baseball stuff up, more coming as well. Mike had media day. You can catch some of that those things, and we'll bring those to you. Um, prior to Friday night, again, 10.35 first pitch for the Warriors and the Rebels there from uh, Hawaii uh, on the on the island. So uh, thanks to everybody in the stream, several super chats. Um, Cole, especially good to see you, buddy. And we will talk to you again tomorrow.